0: This wasn't the football season Pitt fans were hoping for, but it's the one we got. Can the team finish on a high note against Georgia Tech and hope for the best with a bowl game appearance, or will Pitt fans have to suffer more disappointment? We take a look at that game and more on this week's Hail to Pitt podcast. about finishing it in these final
1: 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh
2: today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's
1: just, that's what it is. One a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of December 12th, 2020. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan Michael Motorcycle. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. This may be the last time we see the Panthers in 2020. And if it is, I say we go out with a bang. We make them feel the bang. We take it all out on Ramblin' Wreck. Bang, bang, Vince. That's what I'm talking about. Bang this one home into 2021.
2: That's the attitude you got to have, Alan. Uh, this is a big game for for the Panthers to finish on a on a on a high note for the regular Patriots. season. Uncertainty for for the bowl game. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a very interesting uh, per- personnel structure that we're going to be get into. But uh, make no mistake about it, you know, th- this game is important to carry on some some good momentum. I don't I don't care what the records are, or who they're playing.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the the lineup hashes out for this game, Pam. We'll get into that, but we'll talk about some awards some players are up for, some good news on that front, on the recruiting front. We'll hit the pitter net a little bit. I'm, feel, I'm feeling like talking some pit today, Pam. I don't know about you. I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic than last week. Maybe it's because we didn't have to suffer through anything too bad this past week.
0: Yeah, and we got some new sports that we're going to be talking about as the winter uh, goes on. So that injects some new life into the show as well. Let's
1: rock. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcasts.com to start your own podcast today. Become one of their podcast pals and get your own producer at a low, low rate and start podcasting. You know you've been wanting to do it. You've been wanting to start a podcast. You never knew how. That's who helps you do it, prettyeasypodcasts.com. Go there today and start sounding great and having a whole lot lot of fun podcasting up a storm. Follow us at H2P Show on Twitter and all the social media gimmicks. And, of course, you could email us, hail the number two, podcast at gmail.com. And we're all over Panther Lair and Reddit and and t- the Twitterverse, talking Pit. We're going to hit the Pitternet a little bit later. We appreciate the feedback we get on all those platforms real quick i'd like to note at the top of the show some congratulations to our nominees we've got bednarik awards nominees pam we've got ray guy award nominees lou groza award nominees who would have thunk this pitt panther team turning out some talent this year
0: yeah and the Bednarik. But Bednarik Award, we got Patrick Jones and Rashard Weaver for the best defensive players of the year. And on uh, the big noon kickoff uh, show with Matt Leiner, he he had a little segment about Rashard Weaver and how he was his pick. And he, he was, in his mind, the best defensive player in the country.
1: Uh, and with that big bionic elbow too and actually as we speak right now staying down in down south of the 305 with in-laws my mother-in-law who fractured her arm walking through the door looking like Rashad Weaver right now Vince she's got the bionic uh, elbow a joint mechanical robot machine on her arm and maybe she's going to start gobbling up quarterbacks just like Weaver did all year (laughs)
2: <laughs> that would be great. Uh, pick, pick a user. Um, but, yeah, yeah, th- these two guys, you know, uh, w- w- this says so much about the job, you know, Pat Narduzzi and Charlie Partridge have done in identifying uh, good defensive linemen. You know, these guys were, you know, uh, two- and three-star recruits uh, and – Pat Narduzzi was the, able to go identify these guys along with Charlie Partridge and, and coach them up. You know, it took a couple years, uh, but then you know, by the times they were, you know, redshirt sophomores, juniors, seniors, uh, they were they they were all over the place uh, making plays, and, and they're going to be high draft choices for for sure. Uh, so, congratulations to these two gentlemen
1: and Alex Kessman, Lou Groza uh, Award nominee here. Real quick question. Do you think Coach Tomlin would have kicked the field goal if he had Kessman as his kicker instead of that practice squad guy?
0: No, it was 45 yards. If it was a 50-some yarder, he would have absolutely (laughs) gotten with
1: it. That's right. Yeah, I was (laughs) was confused on the range of that one. And uh, also, uh, you got Chris Dulu. Ray Guy Award nominee there, too. What about his future? Do you see him, Pam, possibly competing in some sort of sports entertainment setting in the future, maybe with cages and weaponry like kendo sticks and chairs?
0: I don't know about that, but he's been an excellent punter. I mean, he's been a solid player, one of the most consistent players on the team. I don't know if it's a good sign that if you're – Punters use that much, uh the most consistent player. But I've been very impressed it, with his imp- performance. Yeah,
2: he is somebody who's really improved, uh, you know, from last year to this year. Uh, so we'll have him back next year. Uh, I'm anticipating some some you know continuous uh, good good punning from him.
1: Punters, do you think a lot of punters are going to follow in Pat McAfee's footsteps, Vince?
2: I I don't I don't think a lot of punters. Or anybody, for that matter, you know, has the the, the skill set to to make over a million dollars in seven different professions.
0: Maybe he'll follow in Andy Lee's foot uh, footsteps. Be in I'm the sure he seventeen would take that. years, yeah. just a consistent <laughs> punter in the league. I mean, Andy Lee is, I
1: mean, as consistent almost as Larry Fitzgerald has coming from the same same era in the NFL. I mean, yeah. I, if, if they They're finishing a, their
0: careers together, maybe.
1: Possibly. And we'll see. Maybe both in the Hall of Fame one day. Well, definitely one of them. Yeah. And then ho- hopefully Larry Fitzgerald makes it too. Okay, let's go. Georgia Tech. No Rashad Weaver for this, though, because he signed with an agent and will not play. He's thinking about the NFL and who, bl- who could blame him. That's the nature of the game. So you got to go into a rescheduled game against... What we've already assessed a few weeks ago, Vince, you and I, when we did the breakdown of this game, I see you wrote, see previous episode for notes on this game. We already broke it down, <laughs> but Weaver's not in there. And who could blame him? So going in there with a different lineup than we planned a few weeks ago when we broke this one down.
2: Yeah, I guess first of all, I encourage everybody to, to go back into the archives and listen to that Uh Uh, episode um, yes i would definitely wherever you get your podcasts
1: yeah that was a few weeks ago so it was an episode that came out on that game that really a lot of it didn't make any sense that week but it will this week i would also encourage you to go back into the archives and listen to last year's georgia tech preview because that might help be another (laughs) further primer just you know to be prepared for this week for tomorrow's game
2: that's not a bad idea actually uh, I may st- start doing that next season. Just, just listening to, to every show uh, that we were playing a particular team, uh, whoever the opponent is that week. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, talk about Rashad Weaver uh, signing with an agent and, and gonna you know, be done for the season essentially. Uh, that, if you're reading uh, stuff on on message boards and Twitter and you know and things of that sort, uh, there seems to be some uh thought out there that there could be other players uh uh in addition to Rashad Weaver that could other be other players that like could who be, uh, yeah uh, possibly a, a you know maybe a Patrick Jones it's hard it's hard to speculate on that but you would presume that you know guys that are you know at, that are you know going to be uh going to the to the NFL draft but i will say this you know even if uh you know you, you don't have a Rashad Weaver and you don't have a a Patrick Jones uh, this defensive line has been playing excellent, uh, excellent, and, and, uh, and still, uh, I think, provides some great hope for next season. Uh, you think about it, like, oh, my goodness, you know, you know we're losing a, a Weaver and a Jones, and, and you know, certainly we'll be talking about this uh, once the season's over uh, and looking forward to next year. But, you know, guys like Morgan and Alexandra and Baldonado, and even a day on Hayes, these guys have shown that they could really bring it off the edge. Uh, and, and particularly Alexandra, he has just been just a, a tremendous player uh, pass rushing in against, against the run. Uh, and, and that's going to be the name of this game. Uh, name of the game uh, on this Thursday night is that you have to uh, contain th- this quarterback. Uh, he is a very good runner he, he is he's dynamic uh when he's got the ball in his hand but he you know he he's just a true freshman you know he, he's vulnerable to big hits he's vulnerable to interceptions uh double digit on the season um so you know make him make mistakes is kind of the name of the game and and Pitt has done very well Pam against uh running quarterbacks you know they did it against Florida State they played very well. Uh, they were able to do it pretty well against Virginia Tech. Uh, even if you go back into earlier in the season against Louisville, uh, they succeeded in these kind of games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They, there's definitely some strength there. Um, but the question I have is how will Pitt do with the, all these different players sitting out? Like, do you think that all be a big impact?
2: I, I don't think so. I, I Like I said, I think that, you know, the, the reserve player, no, we don't know who's going to be sitting out. You right. know, yeah. But, you know, if it is, you know uh, you know, Jones and Weaver on the defensive line, yeah, they got, they got uh, enough horsepower there in order to, uh, in order to overcome that. Uh, you know, if it was a Kenny Pickett that that was sitting out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think we're in some serious trouble. But uh, th- there's been no indications of that. Obviously, in, in 2020, you never know who's going to be suiting up uh, on, on, game- on Saturday, let alone a Thursday game. You just don't know.
1: I have, I'm, turn- I'm tuning in, and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to see on the screen when Pitt uh, kicks off, except I know, well, I hope I see uh-huh. the Lou Groza and Ray Guy uh, nominees are going to be out there. I think as long as Pitt has them. Kirk and Kessman, <laughs> they're, they're, I think they're going to be all right against this Georgia Tech team that gives up 40 per game and all the yards of the world. Pitt should crush this team, uh, and I fully expect them to, even without Rashad Weaver and missing some other guys in action, whomever they might be. Although you could probably make the case, Pam, that if secondary guys are sitting out, that's what might hurt Pitt the most because they're already kind of depleted in that in that area of the field.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they they have lost a lot uh, in the secondary, no doubt about that. But but one thing, uh, I, I think you also got to look at it, is the last time we, we saw a pit, they were getting embarrassed by Clemson, just just absolutely crushed, uh, and, and a lot of you know, you know obviously they were outmatched that game, but a lot of mistakes uh, that they didn't need to make uh, that made that game seem, seem worse than what it was. Uh, so if, if you look at those defensive backs uh, and you look at, you know, some of the wide receivers, uh, guys that were, uh, that dropped passes, guys that maybe didn't lay out for balls when they should have, you know, I expect those guys to want to put on a, a big performance and, you know, make people forget about, uh, you know, ju- just getting absolutely destroyed the, the previous week. Uh, I think the, you know, Narduzzi's teams have played very hard, Allen. uh, and they're going to want to go out on, on a high note. There, there's no doubt in my mind about that.
1: Yep, and this is a, a good game to go out on a high note, I feel. But Georgia Tech, don't, don't sell them short. This is a team that's actually scored some points on Notre Dame. Ten more points than the Pitt Panthers did, Vince. So they weren't as embarrassed by the Fighting Irish as we got, and uh, also a team that, You know, is still completely in a transition period and really a runner at quarterback still when that's what the old guard would have wanted. So we'll see what that team looks like. It's always fun seeing Pitt take on Georgia Tech uh, because they have such a unique school, but they are in that transition period. So we'll see what they throw at them, especially end of the year. Can't hold anything back. Don't even know if you're going to have a bowl game, even though everybody's eligible. So it should be a lot of fun. Appreciate it while it happens Thursday night as the Panthers look to finish the season overall one game over 500 remember 5 and 5 there's a that's a big difference when you look back on a team and you see if they had a losing record or a winning record so Pitt Panthers Georgia Tech Thursday night which I believe is a, a 7 p.m. kickoff in, in the city is it on AT&T Sportsnet is that's what I'm hearing happening this week Pam yeah yeah that's right
0: yeah. <laughs> it's disappointing. I mean but that's that's it it is what it is. I how mean, funny how station. funny is it that
1: I'm down here in sequester in, in Miami and it's easier for me to watch the game than it is for you?
0: <laughs> I mean I guess it's you kind of have to pick one or the other if you're in Pittsburgh. Are you going to get AT Sports or are you going to get the ACC Network? In this household, we made the commitment to uh, get the ACC Network. And that so, was the right one. Yeah, it's been the right one most of the year. We'll we'll have to do some uh, other means of getting this game on our screen, but we'll be watching live.
1: And and in
0: 2020,
1: you could have just said, "Oh well, I'll just go to the bar. They'll have it," but you can't do that so watch the game responsibly and if you need a link to watch it maybe i'll send you one just hit me up at h2p show and i'll slide in the dms i'll help them out i don't want anyone missing this game vince
2: yeah yeah this is this is a big one because you know after this who knows when we'll we'll see the panthers again
1: who knows if we'll ever see them again who knows what's gonna happen it's 2020 damn it I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that I'm going to be watching the Pitt Panthers play. Uh, But if they do come back next year and the year after that and the year after that, they are going to have some pretty badass linebackers and defensive linemen as they've been getting in recruiting lately, Vince, especially on the defensive line. We've got an edge coming to town that I'm hearing a lot of hype about this week.
2: Yeah, uh uh linebacker defensive end Naquan Brown uh th- this is a, a player that was committed to LSU at one point Alan. Uh I know you're very familiar with that program and, and when it comes to, you know, defensive lineman players, you know, they're, you know, they're about as good as you can get. Uh this is a, a four-star player uh by Rivals.com uh ranked in the top 200 in his class. Uh not not and overly big at the moment, 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, obviously some room to grow there on that, that frame. But the explosiveness just jumps off the film at you. Uh, from v- Virginia Beach and a, a, uh, the same high school as one of the other, uh, uh, Miles Austin, Alston maybe. Uh, I, I, I don't have the notes in front of me. Another player uh, in Pitt's uh, recruiting class. Uh, this kid you know, offers from LSU, Penn State, Boston College, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, Florida, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Liberty, hey, Louisville, hey, Miami. The,
1: the <laughs> undefeated Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Put some respect on that's, that name. That's, Yeah, that's uh, an ironically, I think
2: that's the only undefeated team on this list. Uh, M- Miami, Michigan, Nebraska, NC State, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Virginia Central Florida, TCU, Purdue, Rutgers—a uh, a who's who. Uh, were, we're after this kid, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how 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 Pitt deploys him, how quickly he could get on the field. Uh, obviously, not doesn't have the size as a, a traditional four-three end at the moment, but uh, you know. Once once he bulks up, I'm sure he'll get there. Uh, could be used maybe as a linebacker to start out, uh, maybe just a, 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 a pat, uh, in pass rushing situations. Uh, so I'm I'm very interested to see uh, how this kid's used. Uh, in in is what is turning out to be a pretty good recruiting class uh, for Petner and Doozy. A lot of criticisms over his recruiting, uh, but if you believe any of these rankings, this is this is maybe gonna be the best one yet. Uh they did have a decommitment this week, linebacker Deravon Maxwell Black. Uh and you know, so you lose a guy, but then you replace him, you know, with with a guy that's perceived to be much better. Um so so Alan, we have this early signing day next week, next Wednesday. So uh We'll be breaking all these recruits down that signed. There's going to be a bunch of them. There's going to be a bunch that are going to be enrolling early in January, uh, God willing. So uh, next week we'll be breaking down uh, you know, this uh, this recruiting class, which is supposed to be
1: a good one. And look at the opportunity here. Yeah, early signing is going to be exciting, I think, because this was a, a pretty good LSU commit that they're losing. And other schools are kind of crumbling Because of COVID, how they're dealing with it, what their future looks like. I mean, LSU, the fall from grace. I wish I was still on the radio down there. I would be just pointing the finger and laughing at look at where you were last year and now look at where you are. You're losing recruits to Pitt. What's wrong with you? And the fact is, in these uncertain times, maybe there might, Pitt might seem like a more stable program to a guy like Naquan Brown. I don't know, but that's going to be what i think is very interesting to watch with early signing day coming up and of course signing day in january this is uh this is great news so what does that put them at like 19th i saw with some rankings in terms of overall recruiting class
2: yeah yeah those uh, those rankings are very there's a lot of complicated formulas and some some pretty detailed math that goes into those things um but yeah, the, the bottom line right now, and, and as I said, we'll talk about it all next week. If you look look down that list of players, uh, there, there looks to be a lot a lot of, you know, uh, there's some fairly good ones in there. And, you know, there's also going to be some guys that are going to take some time to develop uh, at, at key positions. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we got some guys that can make an impact next year and some guys that in a few years are going to be good, solid starters for the
1: Panthers. And as we are here a night before the final pit football game, talking cruton, 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 basketball is also underway. We dipped a toe into it last week, Pam, but the men are getting ready for a game late tonight, coming off of a mud hole stomping of Northern Illinois, who they were somehow able to book into a game last minute and uh, and go out there and just destroy them. So that was nice to see coming off of what most were deeming a disappointing start to the season. But here we are. We've got the Pitt Panthers, a little optimism coming off of that win. Northwestern later tonight in a Big Ten ACC showdown.
0: Yeah, um, by the time this gets released, this game will already have been played. And then there's a pretty much a full week off for the Panthers before starting the ACC play. Next week, obviously, everything's subject to change, but then they open up against Miami tentatively a week from today. But I think Pitt looked pretty good. I know they played Northern Illinois, but and it was a last-minute game, but I think they looked a lot better and a lot more improved. you had um, four guys with 15-plus points um, down low, Coolabody uh, and Hooghly looked well. They um, looked like they could hold their own. Kulabadi... Cool, Bodley looks a lot better this year, Um, moving a lot better out there. So that's a a good piece of um, good role player that you can can play in. But I I was happy with how they looked. I thought they improved.
1: Yep. And that was honestly the first full game end-to-end that I watched. And watching it uh, still had some concerns. Because when you beat a team by 30, you think, you know, you would – totally outclass him in every single statistical category Vince but not necessarily the case I don't think Pitt out rebounded Northern Illinois by that much and I think still kind of disturbing yeah yeah
2: that's that's that part is just not there and I I don't know uh certainly they they don't have the the horses they don't have a dominant big man that, that rebounding
0: is about heart that, and that, effort
2: it, it, well they well they don't have you know they don't have that dominant person uh you know they're playing you know guys like like Champeny and, and tony who, who were you know maybe more threes they're having to play those guys at the four and now pam i gotta ask you um it, do you think floor spacing has anything to do with this in terms of rebounding because they're playing this smaller lineup and they taking more chances on defense, which is getting them out of position for a rebound on offense. Are they trying to spread the, the floor a little bit more and and play more of a perimeter game? And so you, you don't have as many chances for an op- offensive rebound. What do you think's going on? there?
0: Well, I think if you're a weak, weak rebounding team, the first thing you need to focus on is defensive rebounding. Offensive rebounding at times can be a little, um misleading depending like if you take a a three sometimes it'll come back to you just on the the shot angle but you gotta really look at the defensive rebounding and defensive rebounding stats um even if you get out of position a little bit you have to get in and get good position on the defensive side of the ball um Pit's pitt i think a little bit in this game played a matchup zone um zones are traditionally harder to rebound out of but I still think the rebounding needs to be there. And if I was Jeff Capel, that'd be something I'd be emphasizing in practice uh, day in and day out. And if you look at the offensive side of the ball, this game, they had no problem scoring the ball. But if you can get um, some offensive rebounds, that's going to help your offense uh, immensely, just taking more high percentage shots.
2: Yeah. And this game, you can, I'm not going to say that they were extremely fortunate, but they, they shot an extremely high percentage uh, from three point, uh, uh area i believe it was almost 50 percent uh so something very high so you know yeah when you're making all those there's not going to be oper- any opportunities for any of those rebounds and, and you don't need them but you know they're not going to shoot that high percentage all the time but it was good to see them starting to find their shot it's horton uh who would uh that w- was rather invisible the first couple games uh, you know really broke out here so hopefully you know, hopefully these guys are getting some confidence now uh, on the offensive end because it, they, they aren't strong defensively they you know, they don't have they're not a great rebounding team they they don't have that that muscle down low uh to, to get easy baskets like that so you know they're relying uh, on these scores and you know scores got to have confidence uh, that's something that's very important and that that's what's going to have to carry this team until Ke- Jeff Capel uh, can build the you know the talent level up, not just on the perimeter, but 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 all over the court, specifically in the paint.
1: Yeah, and that's Julius Page said as much. If you watch the game against Northern Illinois, he said when asked uh, if. Pick could compete in the ACC and where they could finish. He didn't really go out on a limb and say where they would finish because he probably didn't want to, and I don't blame him. But he said they could score with anybody, and I'll put their offense up against anybody because they're confident scoring the ball. But other parts of the game, this it, when it all comes together, you'll see this team will struggle. And today, tonight against Northwestern, an undefeated team, uh, I'm interested to see how they match up. It, it's going to be – uh, a close one. It's the, the what's what's the the spread on it? it's like two. It's under three points tonight. Oh, under three now. Uh,
2: Northwestern was favored um, at one point, uh, up around I want to say it was around four, four and a half. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm taking a look here to see uh, what the current line is. Uh, uh, yeah, we're down around three, Alan. Uh, so, you know, it's dropped a lot. Obviously, some some movement coming in on the Panthers. Uh, that's, that's a good sign, I suppose. Uh, and, you know, I, I really want Pitt to win this game. Uh, the ACC got swept yesterday in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think it was maybe six games, seven games. They lost them all uh, to the Big Ten. Uh, I know the Big Ten's got some some good teams this year, and this may be a down year for the ACC. But that's embarrassing. So so Pitt needs to you know get some respectability, not just for themselves but for the conference.
1: And they're this they're looking at Northwestern's lineup. There it does not look like they possess this size or or strength to just dominate Pitt on the board. So maybe it'll be competitive there tonight. Um, I'm interested to see this Boo Bowie, uh, who drops dimes for Northwestern. Uh, go up against the X Man and Tony. Uh, the guard, the guard play in tonight's game is going to be interesting to see. But yeah, this one's for conference supremacy tonight. Pam, ACC, Big Ten. Even before Pitt gets into this ACC schedule and takes their lumps, they got to hold it down against a team like this.
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully, by the time everyone listens to it, uh, they'll be listening after a Pitt victory.
1: Yep. Here we go, Pitt Panthers, Northwestern, late tonight, and that's on ESPN. Pitt Women's Basketball, Pam, talking about them last week. Uh, they were looking good. They are undefeated, but they did suffer one L now to Delaware as they get ready for ACC play, uh, which is beginning tomorrow as of this live on tape recording.
0: Yeah, they lost to Delaware. Um, the one optimistic thing for the Panthers coming out of the loss is if I was Jeff Walls, I'd, I mean... Lance White, uh, <laughs> Jeff Wall's coach of the Louisville Card- Cardinals. Um, if I was Lance White, I'd be happy with how many points the this pit team scored. They lost eighty-five to seventy-nine against Delaware last year. A lot of times, they had problems scoring the basketball. So the fact that they could score seventy-nine points that also means they need to tighten up on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. Um, but you know. Pretty pretty balanced scoring throughout throughout this that, game from a lot of different Panthers, that, that, which is great to see.
2: Yeah, that's what we said uh, on last week's episode. Was that, you know there there's more more women getting into the game, playing meaningful minutes, uh, and there, there's more scoring. Obviously, Jayla Everett uh, mm-hmm. is is still you know the, the 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 number one option on this team, uh, still scoring over twenty points a game, uh, five for ten on threes. Uh, this week, this uh, game against Delaware, uh, they've you know forty nine. They shot forty nine percent from the field, forty percent from three. Uh, so that wasn't the problem, Pam. Like you said, and in the past they have struggled to to score. Yeah. No doubt about that. And Delaware not a bad program. Uh, they've you know uh, up and down over the years. Obviously, there's no Elena Deladon there <laughs> no. right right now. But but not 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 a horrible program. Uh, so. And-
0: Virginia Tech, who they play on Thursday, they're finished to uh, finish in the middle of the pack of the ACC. So a, a it'll be a good competition measure as you're starting ACC play for the Panthers. Virginia Tech, middle of the pack ACC team. It's nice you don't have to start out with one of these heavy hitters in the ACC, yeah. um, like an NC State, but you also get some good competition right off the bat to see where you stand and what you have to improve on. So I think it'll be a good measure and stick game for the Panthers.
1: Virginia Tech, Pit women's basketball, ACC play underway for them this week. A lot going on, and hopefully everybody's staying safe and, and socially distant and all of that and dealing with it all as best they can. This week in basketball is that things really rev up across the landscape in college hoops you're hearing coach k and jeff capel's already said as much how weird and odd it is for them to be playing and it's uneasy it's an uneasy feeling doing all this too so you have to imagine not only the stress of playing starting an acc schedule pan but also the stress of playing in 2020 as a collegiate athlete unprecedented no one's ever gone through something like this so i i can't really get in the heads of these players but hopefully they're all di- handling it in their own way and responsibly.
0: And I'd recommend if you, you haven't read it, uh, read read Craig, Craig Myers' piece in the Post-Gazette. Um, Jeff Capel had some very interesting things to say about players playing during this time. I highly recommend reading that piece.
1: Absolutely. Jeff Capel is really, I think, been saying it for a while, too. He's ahead of it and uh, respect what he's been saying about it all. And uh, we'll see where this basketball season actually ends up, though. Let's go and end up here on the Pitternet. Now, why don't we go see what people are saying online, on websites, on social media platforms, whenever they hailed a pit uh, digitally online, we're there reading it. Let's get it. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. We're a good golf football team. I'm proud of these guys. All right. So this one's, I don't know if I'm reading this right because you put it on our show notes here, Vince or Pam. I don't know who put this here. This four mark underscore Marty on Panther Lair.
2: It, it was a, it, there was a thread about uh, this pit Northwestern game and, and uh, this individual just responded, must win. Uh, <laughs> yeah. pr- pretty bold statement, I, I would say. Um, especially for him. a team that yeah <laughs> I don't know has a ton of expectations uh but, but must win nonetheless.
1: I'm with it because like I said you don't know if you're going to play your next game or what's going to happen so every game is a must win to me the rest of the year. Pit well, that, Pit that, Virginia that's Tech it's basketball must win. Pitt Georgia Tech football must win.
2: It, that's a good point because you know you could only play like 5 games. And they and your season basically end and they'll say, oh, you deserve a championship shot.
0: I know, yeah, that, that I, can know happen. I know that's a shot at another team, which we'll get into. But I do know uh, factual clarification <laughs> for I don't know what it's like on the men's side and rules can change and adapt. But I do know on the women's side, I think it's 15 games you must play to be eligible for the NCAA tournament.
1: Oh, wow. okay. At least there's rules in place there. All right, this one's from Thugless Brown on Reddit, on the Naquan Brown commitment. Thugless Brown said, "Wow, better call us D Line University soon." Oh. Now, I'm with that Thugless Brown, but Naquan Brown, Thugless Brown, do you think that's just a relative or Naquan himself putting himself over, Vince?
2: One of those burner accounts. Yeah. Uh, could, could be. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think this is his. I, I don't. I mean, I haven't. I, I don't know him personally. I haven't seen uh, too many interviews with this gentleman, but would you I, I don't get that Pitt, uh, impression call, from him.
1: Would you call Pitt D line university at this point?
2: Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, may, maybe in a few years, uh, you know. Well, if you eh, have. We, we might be saying.
0: Right. I was going to say, and see how this next year's draft goes. Like with Twan Min... Uh, Jones, Jones and, and Weaver, Weaver. Yeah. and then
2: then a couple of the, the other guys that they got uh, in in the pipeline on the team. And then in next week, we'll be talking about the, you know, the Elliott Donalds, the Nakai Johnsons, uh, Naquan Browns of the world. Uh, so, you know, maybe in a few years, they might be calling us up that. Uh, a lot of people thought that was going to be the case, Alan, back in 2009. Well, I mean, I'm that, already uh, there. Yeah, he got the- that.
1: Romeus. With that Greg Romeus, Mick yeah. Williams, uh, uh, Javal G- Shear team, Gus Mistakis. I mean, come on! I'm with, I'm with Douglas Brown, D Line University. I'm calling it now. Uh, last one we got here on the Pitternet. Fun fact on pandemic football from the Pit Football Twitter account: said during the 1918 influenza pandemic, Pop Warner's Panthers dominated John Heisman's squad. 32 to zero in a game played at forbes field to end tech's 33 game winning streak Pitt ended a georgia tech winning streak and shut him out and john heisman coached ramblin wreck in that game so there's some precedent and i saw someone also uh, pam responded uh in the comments on this asking was ron cook there
0: covering the game <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's a good joke. I uh, like that. Well, I'm what, sure, what names in this game? Pop Warner, John Heisman. What a game!
2: I'm sure if Ron Cook was there, he probably, you know, still did not give a lot of votes to to Pitt to uh, probably still pick Georgia Tech to as, you know as higher ranked after the game. I'm sure.
1: Yep, 33 game winning streak ended then we'll see what happens during this pandemic showdown between georgia tech and Pitt thursday night all right that's the pitter that's what they're saying online and now we have to see what they're saying in real life they're getting ready they're getting ready for the holiday season they're getting ready for some pit panther home games at the pete although i don't know if anybody's really planning on go- going or if anybody's going to be allowed to go vince
2: yeah, uh, I, I don't, as of right now, I don't think uh, a- anybody will be allowed to go. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying.
1: Pit Hoops started. You going up the peak to any games this year? I
2: uh, did not think so. My, my doctor said I got to stay home and at yeah, high risk.
1: Oh, because of COVID morbidities.
2: What are they? no, because that, that, that team can't shoot threes and my blood pressure is too high. How to pit. But the are saying. So that's what the insers are saying. Uh, pit hoops, uh, getting after it, uh, uh, tonight as of this live on tape show. And then the women will be, uh, be, be battling it out, uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, as far as college football goes, this uh, this weekend, not too many good games. Uh, a lot of games getting canceled. Uh, kind of a calm before the storm of this big conference championship week uh, that will be happening next week, Alan. But but we got to do talk about these playoff rankings.
1: Oh, college football! Don't you dare let a team into the playoff that has not even been met the requirements to play in their own conference championship game. It's absurd. This could be the biggest injustice of the college football playoff committee. Yet, if it happens and Ohio State is in, I will be officially outraged, Pam. And I will um, maybe go pick it next year's college football playoff, like I did back in the BCS whenever Texas took on Alabama in the Rose Bowl. And I was very upset about that. I literally picketed it then, and I might have to pick it again.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Today, the Big Ten officially voted to uh, not follow the own rules that they set out for. And Ohio State will be playing Northwestern in the Big Ten championship games. Previously, the Big Ten had a six-game minimum um, in order to qualify the, for the Big Ten championship game. Ohio State has only played five games; they're five and zero. Their game against Michigan got canceled this week. Oh
1: my God! Is it? I mean, what do, what is, What does this tell young people? What does this tell the world <laughs> just making rules up as you go and changing it
0: and tilting it for one school? It's absurd. Do you know who I feel really bad for is Indiana. I feel so bad for Indiana because, yes, I know they lost to Ohio State. I watched that whole damn game. But based on the rules, they should be allowed to play for a Big Ten title. And how often is Indiana going to play for a Big Ten title? Well, they, the they're having a great year. The were agreed
1: it. upon by all parties before the season, Vince. I mean, yeah. this is stupid.
2: It, it, well, it, well, you know, a lot of people are learning a, a good lesson here, and that's the authority always wins. Yeah, the authority wants Ohio State in that playoff uh, because the Big Ten don't get no money if uh, if Ohio State ain't in it. Uh, so. Would they make it if they were not in the Big Ten championship game? Based on the rankings, there's a good possibility of that.
0: Do you know what? But this week, next weekend, whenever this damn championship game is, we're all <laughs> going to be cheering. Not tonight because they're playing us, but we're all going to be cheering for uh, Pets Fitzgerald and Northwestern.
2: Yeah, I I Come on, will. Northwestern. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'll say this right now. Looking at these rankings, Ohio State at number four. And, and Alan, I would love to hear uh, what some of the talk uh, was down in, uh, down in you know Louisiana, down in Lafayette or Baton Rouge, uh, where where you were at about this stuff. Uh, Ohio State, I I don't even see how they could be ranked number four. You know, yes, they beat a good Indiana team in a close game. Uh, it was not a blowout by any stretch. Uh, but if you look at the rest of the teams they've beat, they're absolutely horrible. I, I, don't, I don't mean nobody with a winning record. Uh, no team that's won more than two games. I don't think. Uh, you know, look, at, they beat a, a Nebraska team that's horrible, a Penn State team that's horrible. Uh, you know, who who else was yeah, on? Yeah, because their game uh, got.
0: I mean, I know they're not great, but their game against Maryland, who's yeah. a decent team, yeah. Got postponed or canceled. Yeah, they, which they beat, that would have been a that would have been a decent test yeah, for them. They
2: they beat a bad Michigan State team. Uh, did they play Rutgers and and beat beat them? Uh, maybe it just it they didn't play no way. The, the Big Ten's not very good. Yeah, they're, they're just not. Uh, and,
0: and the Big Ten put themselves in this position. They did. They. Sh- I don't. I still. I'm gonna just for the record. Don't think college athletics should be played. As a disclaimer, but same. The SEC and the ACC were very smart by giving themselves a lot of schedule flexibility yeah. here.
2: Yeah, and and Ohio State they haven't necessarily looked great. You know, in, in their games. I mean, yeah, they've won a couple games very comfortably. But we said, like, against Indiana, they were severely tested. Uh, they they didn't run away with that game against Penn State like they should have. Um, and, and I'll say this, you know, if, if this was a full season and, and yeah, you know, they ran the table and won, and won the Big Ten, you know, you'd have to give it to them. They're probably going to make the playoff. But in a situation like this where they will if, – if they would beat Northwestern next week, uh and, and go six and zero. I I wouldn't put them in over a Texas AM. I wouldn't put them in over a Florida. I, I probably wouldn't put them in over over an Iowa State or an Oklahoma that won the big big twelve. I wouldn't put them in over Cincinnati. And I'd even go as far as to say as uh a Georgia or a Miami who yeah, you know, who two and one loss respectively played tougher schedules and maybe they should be in instead.
0: Well, if you don't want Ohio state in, I think what you need to have happen is I think you need to have a few things happen. Um, I think you need, Basically, I think the biggest one is I think you need um, Florida to beat Alabama yep, because then I think Florida would be in, but also Alabama's going to be in. They're not going to drop them out of the playoff because Alabama's yep. played a tough schedule. They played well. And then I think if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, I don't think you drop them out. So then you But have, what if Clemson uh, loses? Well, then I think that then no, Ohio State or t- – I would put Texas – so I hate say, both these schools. Say I would put Texas a And M in that scenario.
2: Say, say Alabama and Notre Dame both win their their championships. I presume, is it Ohio State and Texas a And M the next two teams? Does Iowa State or Cincinnati f- finish in there? I know, Alan, you're going to tell me that all those uh, p- people down in SEC country are say are probably saying that it should be Alabama. Uh, Texas A&M, Florida, and Georgia should all get in.
1: Well, actually, I'm hearing most people are, are, are expecting an Alabama, Florida, A&M, and Coastal Carolina Final Four. That's, that's what everyone down in SEC country slash Sunbelt country is expecting.
2: The best part is that they're they're expecting
1: it. <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. No, but this is just so absurd. And this is what's stupid to me also is coming out of this, I think. A lot of people are probably going to say, well, this is why we need expansion. No, it's not why you need expansion. You need to follow set rules before a season. There needs to be criteria. There needs to be something set by the college football uh, playoff committee in terms of the requirements of a conference championship or not there needs to be uh conferences following their own damn rules and not changing them in the middle of the season this is all make-em-ups this is just proof of just how corrupt and stupid this whole sport of college football is it's the same as it ever was going back to the bcs going back to the polls of 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 multiple champions in one year it's just basically there's no end in sight to the lunacy of this sport and this is just another example of that
2: yeah, there's always going to be debate because of how, you know, uh, uneven the playing field is, uh, you know, teams in different conferences and they're only playing a few non-conference games. Uh, and now you're you're introducing you know, a situation where you're not playing any non-conference games and you're playing a different number of games. Some teams are playing half the number of other teams. Uh, so, so I don't know what people expected. Uh, this kind of, I think, people were expecting Ohio State to just dominate everybody and, and finish, you know, eight zero, and, and then there wouldn't be this kind of debate. Uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, so it, it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, the college football playoff they probably want Ohio State in. You know, they're one of the top draws in, in the entire country, and certainly the Big Ten wants that. So I think they're going to be given the benefit of doubt in that situation. I guess we we'll have to find out uh, next Saturday, or yeah, next Saturday, um, when we when we know uh, who's going to be in these, uh, you know, what the the records are of everybody going into these championship games, and we'll make some predictions for that.
1: And um, it's, it's it's all going around. to be. It's just, it's just a total it's a total screw job to the USC Trojans because everyone knows when we fight yes. on and whoops UCLA this week and then win the Pac-12 title game, th- then the USC should have been in this spot. But no, well, that's a, the, 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 it's just totally well, anti-Pac-12. What's,
2: what's, what's USC's record? 4-0. So basically one game less than Ohio State. One game uh, less and than by, Ohio and State, by the, and by the and, and by by the end of this weekend, it could be the same. They both could be five and zero, oh, and you're going to tell me that Ohio State is what you know right now? What ten spots higher uh, than, than Southern Cal? That seems a little ridiculous to me. I didn't even consider that. Uh, but you no know, I'll, I'll be petitioning. I'll be petitioning for Southern Cal to be right up there if, if they do indeed the run table the rest of the way.
1: You know, Pam, if there weren't more important social issues to go out and protest and march about, I definitely would be marching about how stupid this whole process has been and how awful the Big Ten is for college football right now. This is just the worst hypocrisy I've ever seen. In yeah, it just back in a to
0: lack of tra- lack lack of transparency. Um, they show us those videos of um, everyone sitting around at a table, but there's really no explanation as to what the guidelines are. I understand they don't want to lock themselves in, but at some point we need, we need some more information.
2: I think the Colorado Buffaloes are also undefeated as well, uh, which I guess would it might set up a, a showdown between Southern Cal and Colorado. Is that correct? Uh, in the, in the, uh, the PAC 12 championship game. Yeah. They're four. Now, if, if that happens, you know, and that's going to be a Saturday. And I believe that's a Friday night game of the uh, of the uh, the championship weekend. You know, that's going to be a showcase for those two teams. Uh, actually, actually, Colorado is in the south.
1: Yeah, they're but, both in so the that south. Will not happen. No, the, so, you know, that's US, right.
0: people wanted them.
1: Washington right. is is kind of up there in the north to to in line to be in that game, but. They are ravaged with COVID now, as of today. So I was going to say that Washington.
0: Washington, yeah, Washington has COVID issues. That's that's why uh, there were some calls for the Pac-12 to get away with divisions for this week or this I mean, year. And ACC had it, did USC it play Colorado? Yeah, ACC do you think did it, it. Do you think it will stay in the ACC? No.
2: I, I think it was only done because they had an uneven number of teams
1: that's probably the reason but I mean, there's, there's, who knows what kind of changes come out of this season that's also one thing to keep an eye on does the college football playoff system change at all Does is there any conference accountability or can conferences just make stuff up what, What's? why not next Big Ten why don't you just just say that certain games, if big, if Ohio State ever gets upset in the future, uh, like they will sometimes, maybe to Michigan State, just say, oh, that game didn't count because we're not counting that game this week. This week, Ohio State's still undefeated. Why even call it the Big Ten? Why don't you just call it the Ohio State Conference? Call it the Buckeyes and screw everybody else conference. What a joke. Well, it basically has
2: been uh, the past several years. Uh, they're the only – uh, team that's done much on a on a national stage. And even then, you know, they're still they're still getting beat in the playoffs uh routinely.
1: I mean, I don't really have too much against Ohio State, but wow, what an unlikable unlikable bunch. Uh if if you're not an Ohio State fan, how could you look at what the Big Ten's doing and just not be kinda outraged and and upset about it? Because it just is not it's just not fair. It's not fair at all this whole system and this whole way yeah, this year was approached. It is very very tilted.
2: Pam and I have been talking about teams that just got absolutely screwed uh you know during this this whole pandemic. Uh Dayton Flyers are, are number 1 uh mm-hmm. where they had you know maybe the best basketball team in the land and and didn't get an opportunity uh to go through the tournament. Number 2 I would say is the Indiana Hoosiers. In that, you know they, you know, based on record, were the the best team in the Big Ten East, and now they they won't be allowed to play uh, for for the championship. Um, That just just embarrassing. All
1: right, well, let's close this thing out with some quick predictions: USC, UCLA, Pam, fight on, or you think Chip Kelly's turned this thing around?
0: I think. Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna go with with your fight-ons. I think they're playing well, and I think uh, I, I, Chip Kelly has improved UCLA. I think they have a little more uh, to go, and USC I think just has more talent.
1: I'm, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking. At, go ahead, Alan. Oh, I'm just gonna say I'm so, I'm so hyped that at least there's like some sort of, uh, you know, outside that there, people are like starting to think. At least a little bit of something about UCLA it just makes this game so much more exciting. I'm hyped for it. I'll pick after you though, Vince.
2: Well, well, I will say this is that I, you know, I would think UCLA or USC would win this game, but I'm looking around right now. UCLA only a two and a half point dog at the Westgate at the moment. Yeah, and that tells good. that tells me that you know somebody knows something about this. Uh, so right now I am I'm going to pick the Bruins. Uh, I know I know we have a, a mutual friend uh, that's gonna be you know hard for the Bruins
1: uh, this weekend.
2: Yeah, uh so go I'm gonna be signing salt. with him on picking
1: UCLA. Uh, you could pound salt too. UCLA stinks on toast, although I am kinda happy that they are you know decent enough now to make this game exciting on a national stage. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I like watching him play QB for the Bruins. But Not enough to pick against USC. Fight on, baby. And the best thing about being stuck with your in-laws during most of the college football season, Pam, is that each week my mother-in-law says, Alabama, LSU, is that a big game? And I say, no, it's not (laughs) because LSU sucks this year. But this week when she says, USC, UCLA, does anyone care about that game? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to hype it up to her so big. And I'm going to make it sound like the biggest deal in this house this weekend. I can't wait.
2: I think that's Saturday night A- ABC too.
0: Seven o'clock.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the big primetime game. Uh, um, at least one of them. Uh, so
0: seven thirty. Yeah, yep. yeah.
2: There, there's some there's some big games. Uh, some big games this week. Not not like what we've seen last week with BYU and Coastal Carolina. Listen. But.
0: If you're a late person, you like to stay up all night, which we all know I am. Uh, mm-hmm. 11 p.m. UNLV at Hawaii. That game. Was uh, that of, the game that
1: moved to Hawaii from? Is that wasn't it supposed to be in Vegas and they moved it, or was that the summer, no, that last was week the, San Jose I State that-
0: moved? Yeah. That would, yeah, and be. then this week we have Stanford has to play at Oregon State because of COVID protocols.
1: Well, on this show, we'll always be rooting against Hawaii until further notice. I, I would hope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man, yeah. I, there's, yeah, there's a big a big game in the ACC, in my opinion, North Carolina and, mm-hmm. and Miami. Uh, you know, those teams aren't necessarily. They're they're essentially playing for third place uh in the in the conference. Uh so, so that's gonna be interesting to watch to, to to see um who wins there. And then of course we have the we have the, the big army navy game that's this weekend.
0: That's right. Go Navy. Army. Beat Army. And go pit
1: Panthers tomorrow night. What do you see the score being, Vince? Pitt rambling wreck. From Georgia Tech in Atlanta, what are we favored by here? Is this a, is this a, over a uh, touchdown? I'm, yet? I'm seeing, yeah, not not over a, t- a
2: touchdown. Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking right now. I'm seeing some sevens, some six and a halves. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised that the that the line is this small. I would have thought Pitt would have been a little favored by well, a little bit more. Think
0: about the last time everyone saw Pitt. That, they got, that's, yeah, some assuming, Yeah, they, and Georgia they no, Tech didn't no, do
2: too shabby, I don't think. Their last game mm-hmm.
1: uh, um, lost by ten, I think. Was that? A g-
2: yeah, yeah. So, not, so you you might have a point there. Uh, I, I'd lay the points here. I, I think I think Pitt's going to come out here. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett's going to put on a show and have a big bounce back game. Uh, Pitt's defense. This is the kind of offense that they just swallow up, uh, and I, I see Pitt winning this game. I'm going to say uh, 34 to
0: 13. I'm going to go a little, little bit low scoring. I do think uh, Pitt's going to win, but I think to go out on the season, they're going to make it a little interesting. I think it's going to be 30 to uh,
1: 24. I got two predictions here. I'm going Pitt putting the boots to Georgia Tech 30 to 13. And it will be the final game we see called by Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator. And good luck to him in all his future endeavors. It was an interesting ride, but hopefully and thankfully it's soon to be over.
2: Are you saying that you're like in between each play, you're going to run from the television over to the refrigerator (laughs) and and back (laughs) in honor of Mark Whipple's final game?
1: Yes. For every yeah for every little thing, I'm going to run to the refrigerator, grab it, run back, watch a play and try to keep up with Kenny Pickett, who definitely has the greatest cardio of any quarterback in the nation today.
0: And for your sake, I hope you don't have a bum ankle while you're trying to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not like Kenny. I'm ship shape. Knock on wood. Uh, right now yeah kenny's been banged up and i half blame that whipple didn't do him any favors but pitt's gonna win tomorrow night nonetheless and then we fight on saturday in the main event with usc and ucla so that'll make it a fun college football week and enjoy it everybody enjoy yourselves we got anything left we got to get out of here before we get out of here no just hail to pit hail to pit all right, everybody, thank you for listening. Remember, you could follow us on social media at H2P Show. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com if you would like to email the show. We'll be on the piternet with you, live tweeting probably during the game, talking it up. Hail in a pit going from football into basketball at a safe social distance we're here with you to get through this bs known as the pandemic and of course we're going to be hailing a pit with you each and every single day week week we're not doing a show every day just yet maybe when pit's number one in the nation in all sports we'll make that change but for now we're weekly and we'll see you next week hail to pit everybody today, today, I couldn't-